Quick question. What's your calendar looking like these days? Fifty years ago, the eagle landed. It landed on the? Solid, okay. Have any of y'all been downtown to see the Go for the Moon display on the uh, National Mall? No, my family went downtown uh, earlier this week. I blessedly stayed home with our son in the air conditioning. But it's a really cool thing to see. Because although 50 years ago the eagle landed on the moon, though, this week in our national capital area, summer has landed. It has landed hard. We are in the midst of a rather excessive time of heat around us. So I hope you're all able to stay inside to some degree to enjoy some air conditioning. I'm thankful for that gift as we gather this morning. But you know, staying inside, keeping away from all that heat can be something of a challenge, especially around here with all the running and going to and fro that we have to do when you have to hop in your car, get to the train to get to your work, to your job, to the store, to the next appointment. Sitting around, resting, recuperating. That's not something that seems to be big on the radar in our neck of the woods. It might be summer, but that doesn't mean that things are slowing down around here. In the week ahead, we're launching this year's Vacation Bible School. Our theme is Miraculous Mission, Jesus Saves the World. I don't think they planned it to coordinate with the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, but hey, it works. You'll see decorations around. If you're taller like me, you might have banged your head already on some of the planets coming into the sanctuary. We're going to have our storytelling area here in the sanctuary as we get to gather together with the maybe around 100 children from our community, most of whom are not otherwise connected with our congregation, getting to celebrate with them that good news that Jesus is the one who has come to save, the one who has brought God's love and care to them. We just had a group of our young people come back from the LCMS youth gathering. And now Pastor Mian is currently away down for our church body's national convention in lovely Tampa, Florida. I'm glad I'm here. But as we come together as God's people, many things are going on. Facilities improvements, campus work, it continues here all the time. We're looking ahead to National Night out in August, the beginning of a new year of Christian education starting in September. So, what's your calendar looking like these days? I'm guessing that yours isn't too different from ours. Even if school's out, you've probably got camps or big trips that need coordinating. And for many of us, whether it's a summer job or a regular position that requires your time and attention, that's where you're going. And I found that those of you who are retired, you somehow manage to be even more busy than you were when you had a full-time job. How does that work? Calendars get booked up. If you're trying to get together with friends in this area, in our neck of the woods, how far in advance do you have to put it on your respective calendars? In days gone by, it didn't seem all that hard to meet up, to spend unhurried time with others who were in your social circle. But now? So here's another question for you. 
And you can answer me following the close of the service. I want to hear from you on this. Would it be better for a guest to show up at your house unexpectedly and then you just have to make do with whatever you have on hand? Or would you rather know about it well in advance so that you could apply your time and your energy into all the preparations that you need to make everything just right? Somebody at the Joy Service last night said, depends. Not the answer I'm looking for, people. Because, you know, Mary and Martha, they didn't have that choice. Jesus, along with his disciples and however many people were in that crowd that was following along with him, they descended upon their village, the village of Bethany, as we hear in John's gospel account. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home, maybe his disciples too. She's practicing that general, that generous hospitality that was so important in their culture. You look back to the Lord's visit to Abraham in our reading from Genesis this morning. It's a great example of this attitude of hospitality, providing gracious rest and refreshment to even strangers who are traveling across your land. So as Martha welcomes Jesus in, she's got to get ready so that she can serve him. If you got the chance to host a last-minute meal for a special guest who just happens to come to town and you couldn't call a caterer, wouldn't you do your best to make that happen? Now, it would have been highly unusual for a rabbi in Jesus' time to accept a woman's invitation to come to her home to teach her. But that's exactly what Jesus does. They were getting to spend time with the teacher, hearing this news of God's kingdom which is breaking into the world, his reigning come to bear for his people. Well, at least Mary was getting to hear. Martha was serving. Martha was readying a meal. She was preparing the portions of food that would feed their guests. Martha was doing exactly what was expected. She was being a good host. She was serving her guests. She's trying to do good stuff to show her appreciation of Jesus coming to her home. Isn't she doing the right thing? I don't doubt that she felt burdened by everything that needed to be done. Our English translation of Luke's account says, Martha was distracted with much serving. But the literal translation would be something more like, Martha was dragged around by much serving. It's a work to prepare host, uh, to host a meal for a group. And Martha, she probably would have preferred to have been sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, just as her sister was doing. Martha gets a bad rap, don't you think? Jesus knows that she was anxious and troubled about many things. He says as much. What about you? What are those things that make you anxious and troubled? Is your calendar the thing that keeps dragging you around from day to day? Is your working environment? Or is it issues in your family? 
It doesn't seem like we really need to search around all that hard for the things that makes us anxious or troubles our minds in these days. Martha would probably feel it right at home, right here, right among us. So many demands are clamoring for our time and energy, pulling us this way and that. And you want to do the right thing. You want to do the good stuff. Jesus knows exactly what Martha's experiencing. He doesn't rebuke or reprimand her when she comes to him with this request. Have Mary lend a hand. Instead, Jesus lovingly and kindly redirects her. He turns her away from the many things that are dragging her around and calls her to enjoy the one thing, the best thing that's necessary for life. Close fellowship with God. Because God is there. Jesus has come to be with his people. He has come to her home. He has come to share this good news of life with God that he is making possible. That's the same thing that King David ranks as his highest goal in Psalm 27, just a few verses before what we hear in our psalmody today. Listen to what he says. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That, that time with the Lord, that's the good portion. So hear this. You are right where you need to be today. You don't have to do anything else to receive the good portion. Jesus has come to be with you. He has entered in. Martha trying to do the right thing, the expected thing, got it backwards. Jesus was the host who'd come to serve, and Martha, she was the invited guest. So were you. Let Jesus serve you first before you try to serve him. You and I can serve Jesus by serving others in his name, by going out and showing his love to our neighbors, but we can only do that if he first serves us. If you recall last weekend in that gospel reading that included the Good Samaritan story, Jesus is replying to the lawyer's question, who is my neighbor? Now that man, he was trying to justify himself before God. He got it backwards too, because it's God who justifies. And Jesus, he serves us there too. He makes us right in the Father's sight. He does all the good things for us. In that parable of the Good Samaritan, you can think Jesus is the Good Samaritan. He is the one who finds us broken by sin and death on the side of the road and brings us home. He brings us to his father's table. He sets a place for us and welcomes us in. Giving himself, he prepares our place, your place and my place. In a time when many things will seek to distract you, to drag you around into anxiety, to trouble your mind, 
know that Jesus is greater than all of them. Let him serve you first as he is doing now before you try to serve him here or anywhere else. You've got a seat at the table where Jesus is the host and you are the guest. You've chosen the good portion today and it will not be taken away from you. Amen.